Hi, you're listening to Adulting in Disney, a podcast where we discuss all things Disney. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Links are in the description. Or you can email us questions and suggestions at adultinginDisneyPodcast at gmail.com. We're Sam and Steve, and this is episode nine. We'll be discussing our expectations, concerns, and hopes for our upcoming Star Wars Galaxy's Edge preview weekend. Let's do this. All right, welcome back. All right, Sam. We've avoided talking about it in depth for a while. So what are we talking about this week? Galaxy's Edge. Are you excited? Yep. So we are going to Galaxy's... So when this airs on Saturday... The 17th? Yes. We we'll will, be in the world. We'll be home. We will be home. Well, we'll be at more my home than yours. We'll be in Epcot, I believe, on Saturday. Your home is Monday when we go to Magic Kingdom. Whatever. Either okay. way, we'll be in the world. We will be in the world. And on Sunday, we have our Galaxy's Edge Passholder preview in the evening. And we'll probably spend the morning in uh, Hollywood Studios because it's the best park. Mm-hmm. So, before we get into Galaxy's Edge, let's just set the table. We're going to set the table. We're setting the table. Yep. You know, dinner, we're, we're going to cook a beautiful dinner of Galaxy's Edge preview preview. Okay. And we're going to set the table before we do that. So, let's first describe how down the rabbit hole we are as far as Star Wars fans. What movies have you seen as far as Star Wars goes? I mean, I've seen all of them. Have you seen Rogue One? I've seen most of Rogue One. Okay. I don't think I've seen it beginning to end, but that's the only one I have not seen beginning to end. Okay, so I think we're just going to like sequentially go down the rabbit hole, and at a certain point, you're going to be cut off, and then I will explain to people how far down the rabbit hole I am and how far below that like 20 Leagues Under the Sea really goes. So have you watched... So I know I forced you to watch some of Clone Wars, the animated show, have you watched any more than that, or have you watched any of the Rebels show? Um, so I had previously seen some of the Clone Wars show, animated show, from when I nannied, mm-hmm. but I didn't retain any of that That's when fine. I watched it. Plus, like, I was only like half paying attention anyway. That's fair. So what other experience with Star Wars would you say you have? You mean other than seeing all the movies? Yeah. Like, have you played any of the video games? Have you read any of the books? I, played, I had Lego Star Wars. Does that count? Yeah, we play that all the time. It's pretty good. Yeah. We haven't played it in a while, actually. But Yeah, because it's summer and we go outside. Yeah. All right. So now I'm going to show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. I don't think I want to know. So uh, I became a Star Wars fan at a very young age because you've met my family and they're huge sci-fi people. Mm. So I read... so. Part of this is for hardcore Star Wars fans, just so I can explain where I come from. Is that fair? Sure. So, there is a bunch of material that Disney no longer considers canon Star Wars that I have a working knowledge of. I'll call it that. I have read the Thrawn trilogy. I have played Knights of the Old Republic video game. I have not played the online MMO that goes with that. I have played shadows of the empire i have not read the book 
and I have seen the holiday special. Very bad. I also have watched Rebels, Clone Wars. I watched the animated Clone Wars series a few years ago, and I have read several of the uh, novel adaptations of the movies. So I have a fairly good working knowledge of the Star Wars landscape. And believe me, it goes way deeper than that. Way deeper than you want to know. Right now, actually, uh, Marvel puts out um, Star Wars comics, which are actually really, really good. Back in the 80s and 90s, there were other Star Wars comics, which expanded. Uh, They called it the Expanded Universe. Um, And I have a working knowledge of that. I am not an expert. But if you ask me about Mara Jade, I can answer that question. I know who she is. She's, fun fact, Sam, Luke's Jedi wife. She used to be a bad guy, and now she's a good guy. Actually, now she doesn't exist because Disney doesn't acknowledge her. I digress. So that's where both of us are as Star Wars fans. I think Sam would claim herself to be a much deeper Disney fan than I am. I am a fan. I am. As we proved last week Mm. with the quiz. Yep. I would also argue that I have a very functioning, working knowledge of Disney. Is that fair to say? Sure. Okay. So, that's where we come from. Now let's talk about what Galaxy's Edge is. So, Galaxy's Edge is a new land in Disney's Hollywood Studios Park. It is very large. Um, It is 14 acres. It takes up a good portion of the back of the park. It links... Um, if you've been to Hollywood Studios, it links Toy Story Land and the Muppet kind of Star Tours area together. It's in between those. Hmm. So, to... Oh, okay. It, now yeah. that makes sense. Sorry, I had to like picture that in my head. And I pictured where like the wall that was like... Near Muppets is. Yeah, I was thinking that. And then I'm like, oh yeah, because like, to the right of that is like... Toy Story Land. Yeah, like behind like the ABC commissary and yeah. all that stuff. Like behind all that stuff yeah. is Galaxy's Edge. Yep. So to finish setting the table, I want to say how Disney has built this, right? Because it's one thing for to enjoy the experience or to not enjoy it, but I think we should be clear on what Disney is advertising this as. Is that fair? I guess. So... Disney advertised it and announced it in 2015 at D23. We'll actually have a D23 wrap-up in a couple weeks, because next week is probably going to be our Star Wars review, talking about the trip, and then we'll be a D23 wrap-up, because that's going to happen while we're in Star Wars. But No, Dis- it's not. It's not this weekend, or it's next weekend? I'm pretty sure it's like the 22nd, 23rd. Oh, perfect. That works out nicely. We'll have to double check that and cut it out if it's wrong. Okay. So at D23 in 2015, Disney announced that they were building a Star Wars themed land. It wasn't really announced. Uh, well, Bob, was it announced or wasn't announced? Well, they, they didn't give two. the name. Okay. They, they didn't have the name. So Bob Iger, CEO, said it's occupied by many inhabitants, aliens, droids, attractions, entertainment. Everything we create will be part of our storytelling. Nothing will be out of character or stray from the mythology. And then later on, Bob Chapik, who's in charge of Disney Parks, 
went on to say that we'll introduce you to Star Wars planet you've never seen before, a gateway to a planet located on the outer rim, full of places and characters familiar and not so familiar. Um, they went on to say that our intent is to make it feel as if you've walked into one of the movies. Being Star War- bringing Star Wars to life in the physical world gives us the opportunity to play with a whole bunch of things we've never done before. What does it feel like? What does it smell like? What does the blue milk taste like? So that is how Disney has built it. A fully immersive experience. I, I'm going to credit Defunct Land with this um, interpretation. It's like a Star Wars Renaissance Fair where people are in character the whole time. What is this earth you talk about? That's not a smartphone. That's a data pad. All this stuff is going to be fully immersive so you don't feel like you're in Disney anymore. You feel like you're in Star Wars. So I feel that's important to state how Disney has built this because the next thing I want to talk about is what is a fair comparison to this park? Because it's easy to say, oh, no one's ever done anything like this before. It's completely new. It's also very easy to say that it's like a few other things, but I don't feel that they are exactly like it, and we'll get into that. So what do you think is a fair comparison to this park, Sam? Because there are two big ones that come to mind. I mean, they kind of did the same thing with Pandora. Yep. Like the people walking around in Pandora um, are similar in that way. Like they talk to you like you're on Pandora Pandora. shit. Yep. Cut out my shit. Um, So yes, the people in Pandora act like they are on Pandora. But I think, and then the other easy comparison that Disney, I think, very much wants to make and be better than is the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Universal. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess. I don't think they're the same, though. I don't... Mm, I mean, I haven't interacted with uh, employees because they don't call them cast members, so I don't yeah. know what they call them there, but I don't think that I've encountered a situation in Harry Potter world where like someone spoke to me like Like you you were actually in yeah like they were in character is what I'm trying to say so I feel that people in Pandora act in character but there is no fourth wall there like they acknowledge they're acting in character right like oh no sorry better example Someone working in, uh, what's the restaurant in Sci-Fi Dine-In? Not Sci-Fi Dine-In, the other restaurant in Hollywood Studios, 50s um, primetime. So they act like they are in the 50s, but there's this acknowledgement that they're not. Like, you're both on the same page about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no fourth wall there. Like, they hand you a receipt and call it a receipt. They ask you if you want to. Well, because it was still called a receipt in the 50s. They ask you for your credit card, or they they scan your magic band, right? Like, in Star Wars land... They've given names to those They've given names. It fits in the Star Wars mythology. Yeah. Which is why I feel like there truly isn't anything like it, but it also is fair to compare it to experiences like Pandora and Harry Potter, because they're close enough. Sure. So I just want to 
I want to work within those bounds of it's acceptable to compare it even though it's different. Okay. Like, because I think a, a lot of criticisms people say, like, uh, it's open in Disneyland, obviously, and it's exactly the same in Disneyland and Disney World. So a lot of people will say, oh, well, it's unfair to criticize it because it's nothing's been done like it before or any of these other things. And I feel like it's still fair to criticize it, but it is also when you criticize it, you have to acknowledge that it is different. Do you want to go over what is in the land first or do you want to go? So there, are, I want to thank four things that I think we should touch on. What is actually there and what you can do, what you're excited about, what you're concerned about and what you're hopeful for to get out of this experience. Which would you like to do first? Whatever you want. All right. So this is your show. I'm just the an expert. active participant. <laughs> it's our show. Everything is ours. No, no, no. Okay, fine. This is your episode. Okay. So what are you excited about as someone who um, maybe isn't, as deep down the Star Wars rabbit hole, but still enjoys the film and franchise. So you had asked me for the last couple of days to like write down my thoughts to Did like you? have something. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> but I can sum it up in like one sentence or a couple sentences. Like okay, that's fair. What I'm excited about or not excited about or whatever. Like I'm totally cool. I'm like totally down to like see how this plays out. And like I, I love disney theming so like just to walk in there and see everything is cool to me yep but i'm walking in there with absolutely no expectations because i first of all we've been talking about it for four years now yep like okay i'm already burnt out and i haven't even seen the darn thing like you don't want to talk about you just want to experience it. yeah like i just yeah but also i'm not a diehard star wars fan so like this planet that they are bringing us to, Batu. I didn't know about it before. So, so I believe Disney kind of created this thing that they could play with and then sprinkled it onto things like Solo and the newer movies. That's my guess. Okay. Very educated guess. Sure. So, I'm going to do the one thing that I am super excited for. I want to walk in see the Millennium Falcon, and have that immersion take over. Like, I, I want to be, forget I'm in Disneyland, and just see the well, Millennium... Well, you won't be at Disneyland. Disney World, sorry. I want to forget where I am. Like, I want to have that, and maybe this is an unrealistic expectation, I want to have that magical moment where I truly am transported. Is that... This is why I'm going in with no expectations. Do you so I can be pleasantly surprised, or like, eh, yeah, okay. And I have a feeling I'm going to be like, eh, yeah, okay. Because I'm not... Like, I like Star Wars, don't get me wrong, but I don't like it on anywhere near as like, close to a level that you do or a lot of these other people... My brother. ...who are freaking out about it like it. So <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe this isn't possible with 28-year-old cynical Steve. You but think? I, I want to stop being... I want that to... I want this to be the one thing that strips that all away and makes me 10 again are you gonna cry no no that's just for defunct lands muppet series okay um so i think that that was like the one thing that I was, i'm super excited about and because a lot of people have said they've had a a 
experience like that in Disneyland where they, you know, you round the corner. Like like with you, when you, you come out of the train station and you see the castle. I have that moment every time I'm in, well, in Exactly, but Magic you know Kingdom. what that moment is. Yes. That's what I want. That's I, why I'm asking if you're going to cry. I get like emotional. You do time. get emotional, surprisingly. Every time I see it. But that, it, I want to round the corner, see the Millennium Falcon, and have everything else just fade away because it's that cool. I mean, I'm sure it will be that cool. I just, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to like feel like I'm really on another planet. So let's talk about what's in the in the in the land mm-hmm. like let's talk about it from a like a stripped away perspective and i'm just gonna i'm gonna use wikipedia so i don't get it wrong i feel like that's an oxymoron statement thank you that i will so i will use wikipedia combined with my knowledge of what is in there to make sure i get this right so there are two attractions rides i'll say there are two rides because there are two other, I'll call attractions. So there are two rides. There is the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run ride, which is going to be open on opening day. And then there is Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, which is a dark ride, which will open in December 5th, on December 5th in Disney World, and then January 17th in Disneyland. It has been billed. Again, Disney has built Rise of the Resistance up as the premier attraction with Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run being secondary, but still at what people would consider an e-ticket level, like a premier attraction. It's just second to Rise of the Resistance. That's how Disney has built it. So uh, that's for attractions. The Sorry, the Smuggler's Run ride is a uh, simulation ride where you pilot the Millennium Falcon, and some people in the cockpit are gunners, some are engineers, and then there are pilots. So it's a simulation ride, similar to Star Tours and Mission Space. Then there are two, what I will call, experience attractions, similar to in Harry Potter World, the uh, pick your wand attraction, where you go into Ollivander's and you swoosh the wand and the boxes move and stuff like that. So there is Savi's Workshop, which is you can purchase and assemble a lightsaber as part of this experience. And then there is uh, the droid depot where you can build a custom astromech R2-D2 droid or things that look like R2-D2. Either of those sound appealing to you? No. We will get into my concerns about pricing in this whole thing. See, like, I'm the type of person that, like, I'm cool with, like, looking at it. But, like, if it's essentially just a gift shop, like, I don't care. Well, so, I think it... So, have you been to Ollivander's? That might be a... No. Okay, so, because there's a whole show experience where a kid is chosen because they have magical... Because their mommy paid for it. Well, so, I think it's actually, once you get in there, there's, like, 20 kids in there. And the kid that's picked at random... Oh. I mean, I'm sure the cast member, like looks and says, oh, that's the wide-eyed, most innocent kid. He gets picked, kind of thing. But there's like a character actor there that does a an experience more than just like... Because right now in Hollywood Studios, in the Tatooine Traders gift shop, which is outside Star Tours, mm-hmm. you can build a lightsaber, but it's like, you know, just this... There's a bin and there's a bunch of stuff and you put it together. And it's way overpriced anyway, but it's, you know, you built your lightsaber kind of thing. 
So they have that in that gift shop already, but it's not a personal experience. If you do you under do you get that do you get the distinction? Yeah, I get it. So those are I'll say the experiences and attractions, which I think is what Disney is billing as the the reason to come. See so, if I could go into like the droid thing, like it was like a museum exhibition where I could just go in and like play with stuff and then leave and not have to buy it. So I think I'd the, be down. the droid thing you can do that. Um I doubt it. It's Disney. No 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 I People have done that. People have already said you can go in, look around. I don't know if you can build your own droid without paying, but I know that you can at least go in. Whereas with the lightsaber experience, you have to buy the lightsaber before you go in. And you you have to make reservations for that. Right. Even at Disneyland still, they're still on the reservation system. So then there is food and dining. So there are Star Wars themed, or I should say... Um, Batu dining experiences because it's not like you go into a different thing each time. It it all takes place in this little outpost on Batu, the Black Spire outpost. So it all takes place in this little town, and the so there's a docking bay seven, which is uh, quick service. There is, are two uh, snack. Uh, kiosks and then there is the oh there's Oga's Cantina which is a a bar style experience because they they serve you Star Wars themed drinks and it's in the style of it is not exactly the same as the cantina in um Mos Eisley essentially in the original Star Wars movie which a lot of people have complained about and I disagree with those complaints but we'll get to that in a second. And then there are a couple of... Uh, um, oh, sorry. Then there's the milk stand where you can get milk, uh, either green milk from Last Jedi or blue milk from the original Star Wars New Hope. Oh, I didn't know that the green milk came from Last Jedi. Yeah, don't, you don't remember Luke milking those? Yeah, no, I do. I just It didn't occur to me that it, it only came from that. Yes, and then blue milk is like just what Luke's aunt and uncle pour with breakfast. Yeah, and, I know. And it's literally lived on as this mythical thing. Like this is how deep people are in Star Wars is they notice that George Lucas put blue food coloring in milk. So blue milk is what they drink in Star Wars. Um, so you can get that at a kiosk. And they also will uh, spike it for you. Which sounds kind of gross, honestly. So, and this can be... You, you can already uh, you can already see evidence of cynical Steve being stripped away because I do not want alcohol to ruin my experience of drinking blue milk. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. I'll go drink around the world in Epcot or go to the cantina to get a drink. I want to experience blue milk in its purest form. Okay. Um. So, and then there are a handful of more themed gift shops there's the creature stall where you can go and get like you know a stuffed animal or something like that there's a toy shop and then the land itself is split into the first order and the resistance so there's like a little first order thing where you can get like stormtrooper stuff and then a resistance thing where you can a resistance like kiosk where you can get um like uh rebel gear and stuff like that Rebel scum yes i hope i get called rebel scum that'd be awesome Mm. Um, so I was the rebel spy once. 
on Star Tours. Mm-hmm. They hand out buttons or stickers for that, don't they? They had a T-shirt. And oh, I'm is that? At, or in the gift shop they did. I'm so mad I didn't buy it. We can get it this time. Well, I, don't, I haven't seen it since. I think we actually need to get it for you because you don't have something to wear to Star Wars land. Let me transition to something I'm kind of concerned about that I've heard. And I, I haven't heard any concern. I've heard concerns. I haven't heard um, this actually being a problem yet. So, um, like I said, it's split into the the resistance side and the first order side, but still like everyone's in character and it's, there's, there's no fourth wall. They act like, like they act like they're on the planet when they interact with you. My concern is how deep can that go? Right? So to use the analogy of a Renaissance fair, I don't know if you've ever been to one. Have you? No, I'm so surprised. Okay. I, I, I've only been to one once, but you've been to, so You've been to like Plymouth Plantation or yeah. so like that, where those people are in character when they interact with you and they don't break character. So what I want to know is what happens when Betty from Nebraska or whatever middle America state you want, who doesn't know what Star Wars is, comes in with her kid who's crying and needs assistance from a cast member doesn't isn't in on the immersion you know what i'm saying like that's my i feel like any cast member would recognize the situation and do what they needed to do and actually um aj on disney food blog even mentions that in her episode where she talked about it so she said that you need to make it clear to them sure but like i feel like if betty's kid is really like needing help betty's gonna be like my kid needs help i just agree it's not and easy, it's it's a hard job for the cast members to do, right? Because like, so for example, Cinderella is trained to read a person and do on the spot improv to deal with them, like regardless of what their needs are, right? If it's a, a younger child who's sick, like she knows how to interact with them and she's been trained heavily on how to do that on the spot improv. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The person serving me French fries is not trained in how to do that. So what happens when I get an order wrong? Right. And I got to go up and at like, and I'm, I'm like, well, did you get the Tauntaun or the Friday walk? And I'm like, I got chicken. Like I, I, I got chicken and they're like, Hmm, I wonder what that is. Like, like where does that, that I feel like you're thinking way too hard about it. Like, I don't feel like, but these when are it, things that happen on a... Yes, you're right. They do. And I feel like Disney isn't stupid enough to sit there and be like, oh, I don't know what that is. Like when you have someone complaining, like that's when you stop the act and you deal with this stupid person who's so the, throwing a hissy So then fit. I think that the immersion can only go so far then. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? duh. Well, so then does it ruin it for everyone else? Okay, first of all, there's always going to be someone who ruins it for everyone else. Fair enough. Who's the cynic now? I'm just saying. Like, right. obviously, like, it's not real. So, obviously. But they're trying to, they are billing it as making it real. Okay. So, like, and for I some like people, can... they'll have that experience. And other people will walk out saying, meow, it's stupid. And, I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. That's okay. life. You need to just accept that now. I'm just wondering, does that... Is that a good thing? Not is that a good thing or a bad thing? 
Is that something that is a legitimate concern then? What? That that could ruin the experience for someone. I mean, it's not my concern. I don't give a crap. Okay. Is it someone else's concern? Maybe. Are you concerned about having to deal with the immersion? Yes. But it on the like reverse, like on Betty's side of it, like I don't care what you call my cell phone. Like I, it's myself. Like whatever. I don't care. Like I'm not going to be like rude about it. Like, yeah, okay, sure. It's yep. that. But like, and then I'm so, not gonna go like out of my way to like play along either. I'm just gonna be like, ah, okay, sure. So do you think so in Disneyland I think this might not be a problem because it's much more local. Like more people who go to Disneyland are local versus tourists. Hmm. Do you think this is a could present a problem for people who don't speak English? Yes, because that's <laughs> a that's a big demographic of Disney's, right? Yeah, but I also feel like a lot of people who do venture to Disney do have like some semblance of English. And also, even if they don't, I feel like Disney does a pretty good job of having people on hand that can help with that. I'm, But I guess to your point, like they're not supposed to be able to speak those languages. So I don't have an answer for you there. Maybe Disney does. I guess we'll find out. That's what I think the interesting question is. Like, So I think my broad stroke, the interesting question, concern is... How far can they take that immersion and does it cause issues that normally wouldn't be present? Like in Pandora, the second something goes wrong, someone's going to break character. Like that, they're not going to try and keep the character up the second they don't need to anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a fair concern to see, does this present problems in, in Galaxy's Edge? I guess I don't know. I, I think you're being like a little too literal with the interpretation of how they presented it. This is this. I is also why, think you're thinking a little too hard about it. So like, this this is why I set the table, and this is what they build it as. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it plays out. Is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, second, my only second concern here is pricing. So we had mentioned the lightsabers. You have to pay for the lightsaber before you walk in the door for that experience. You want to guess what the lightsaber price is? It's like two something, isn't it? Two hundred dollars for. I'm not so they so they sell. There's a company called FX Sabers that sells like prop realistic lightsabers that are very high quality, and they're in like the hundred fifty dollar range. I can't imagine the quality of a custom built lightsaber in Galaxy's Edge is at that level. So you're paying for the experience of building it. Would you? Even remotely pay for that. Nope. So the droids, do you know what the droids go for? No. They start at 100. If you want it to like interact, cause so you can actually get like a custom droid that will follow you around the land and interact with the land with you to further immerse you. That's extra. Yeah, I would imagine it is. Do you think, so like my whole thing here. So next, uh, the drinks. Do you know what like, the average drink price at that cantina is for something that most of the time is pre-mixed. It's not even like the bartender is mixing you the drink on the spot. They pre-mix it, toss the dry ice in and give it to you. They they run like 20 bucks a pot. Yeah. I was going to say 18. Yeah. So like if, so there are, I think five signature drinks there. That's a hundred dollars of something that's pre-mixed. And how do you know it's pre-mixed? Because that's what they do in a lot of the, uh, 
in World Showcase, right? Like all of those drinks, with the exception, the only one that I can remember not being pre-mixed is the Ottawa Apple in Canada, where I literally saw them make it. But in the margaritas are pre-mixed. Yeah. The except for the extra alcohol they pour on for you, the um, the slushy mixes in France are pre-mixed. Like most of their drinks are pre-mixed because that's how they control quality and cost. Like it's a pretty standard theme park thing. So I just think that so Disney pricing to begin with is already outrageous, mm-hmm. and it's even more expensive in Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. So. Do you think Disney is starting to hit the limit on pricing? Hit the limit how? Like pricing out too many people where they're no longer bringing in enough people to justify it. Like at a certain point, right? Like if they raise ticket prices, they won't get enough people to make money. Mm -hmm. Do you think they're starting to hit that? No. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. Because they're I think getting they're getting there. They're getting pretty close. All right. So let's end on a positive note. What are the things you are hopeful for in this weekend that we're going and for Galaxy's Edge kind of long term? I hope it doesn't rain. That's a good hope. It is not a good time of year. I hope that. The um, who's a what's it ride doesn't make me sick. The Millennium Falcon. Yeah, that. I'm I'm really hopeful for that. Also, apparently, um, and I don't know if it'll be they'll be doing this while we're there, but apparently, in the in the spirit of immersion, depending on how well, so it's a simulator ride where you control the Millennium Falcon. Depending on how well you do on that ride, will dictate how cast members interact with you in the cantina. Like, they'll give you a hard time for crashing the Millennium Falcon when you walk into the cantina. How do they know that you crashed it? Because it's Disney and they know everything. Right, but those are like the levels of immersion they're going to. Like, where your your experience in the park affects your experience. Like, like what you do affects your experience. Like, if you go to you Toy Story... there are consequences to my actions? Yeah, you're going to hate it. Like... Depending on how well you do on Toy Story Mania, it does not dictate what Slinky Dog says to you on the Slinky Dog coaster. Well, he doesn't say anything, but okay. oh, they talk like there's 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 witty banter between the Toy Story characters. You should listen. You should yeah fl- in, in the queue, but no, oh, I think on the ride too. I don't think so. Well, maybe I don't remember. You're too busy like trying to keep your hat from flying off. Yeah, I did a good job. You did. It was an awesome catch. Mm-hmm. All right. So for me, I agree. I'm really hopeful for the millennium falcon ride like i like star tours i like mission space even though there's not a lot of interactivity like you press a couple buttons and you know you either live or you die it's not really there's not there's not a complex you know outcome system to that um i will say as like a video game player to equate that there are some concerns where like you have a three-minute ride, right? Like, however long it is, three, five minutes, something along those lines. I doubt it's five, but okay. But you have to teach people how to ride it, like, how to interact with it, and then give them an enjoyable experience and reward them for doing the right thing in that amount of time. And I think that's very difficult. So I'm very hopeful that Disney pulls it off because 
it, if they do, it's going to be awesome. It's it's going to be again. It's going to be unlike anything else if they pull it off. Mm-hmm. And then longer term hopes for Galaxy's Edge. Obviously, I hope it's successful. If it's successful, it only incentivizes Disney to try things like this in the future. Mm-hmm. Like this is a a big undertaking for them. Um. So I'm hopeful though that Galaxy's Edge succeeds in a way that gives something to those fans because Disney has made a lot of decisions with their ownership of Star Wars that has, justifiably or not, alienated some fans. I, I, I So, like, like my brother is a good example. My brother is a huge fan of old Star Wars stuff, has not been a fan of what Disney has done. Whether or not his complaints are legitimate or not, I think that some of his complaints are overly critical. Stunner, he's related to me. But... I feel I, I really hope there's something there for people like him. Cause I think he is excited to go when we go in November, but I think he is concerned that he is not liked with the exception of Rogue One. I think Rogue One is kind of its own little thing, but the new Disney movies, he has not been a huge fan of and feels like they have taken away some of the magic of old star Wars. So I really hope that galaxy's edge has something for people like him. Mm-hmm. All right, so I've done my spiel on what I'm excited for, what I'm concerned about, and what I'm hopeful for for our trip this weekend. Would you like to react to some news? Let's do this. Oh, I'm gonna make. I, I want to get a, a when we when we finally monetize this. I'm gonna make a shirt for you that says "Let's do this" on the front. All right, so I've I've been kind enough to pull them up on the computer for you. So. First one. Oh, there we go. First one that you that you we kind of briefly discussed previously. Harry Styles is uh, allegedly confirmed as uh, playing Prince Eric in the live action Little Mermaid movie. Date to be announced. Sam, your reaction. Eh, I don't know. Are you? Um, What's the word? Are you concerned about him playing Prince Eric? Like, is is Prince Eric that dynamic of a character? I guess I just don't even know that much about Harry Styles to know if he, like, can act. I mean, not that you need to really act that well to, to do be Eric. Prince Eric, but I don't know. He's just not who I would have picked. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I would have picked, but it wouldn't have been him. Pete Davidson. No, absolutely not. <laughs> All right, so... But yeah, I'm over it. Whatever. We'll see it. We'll judge this it when it comes. Little Mermaid. Out. Okay. Live action is like already not. Because it's like slowly becoming like something I'm not that interested in. Like right. I'll probably only see it for Halle Bailey. Like because I'm as Ariel. Yeah, because I'm. I'm, I'm excited for that, whoever. They, I want to know who they get to play Triton, and Ursula. Well, if they don't stop this whole Melissa McCarthy nonsense, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> Okay. It's just not necessary. So, I thought I Queen Latifah tricked me the other day because she was talking <laughs> about like a TV special and not this movie. Yes. And I was like all about Queen Latifah the, being Moana, Ursula. Moana's going to be Ariel in that um, TV special. That's not her name, but yeah. I I her name is. It's I, very long. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it if I try. Um, so moving to the next one, and this is, might be a little bit, oh no, 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 this is actually a good one. So 
pumpkin spice beignets. Oh, I saw this earlier today, and I like for you, a split second I kind of got excited. What you're and not? I feel like this is right up your alley. It's August. I'm not ready. Talk to me when I when we get there in November. We're gonna go. So what? If they're gonna be there when we go this weekend. Yeah, but I don't want pumpkin spice in August. That's okay. not appropriate. I feel GTFO. like GTFO. So see, like my problem with pumpkin don't spice. Don't rush my summer. So I feel like in Disney, it's always summer. Like here in New England, like fall. we have seasons. Yes, and but it's like not fall yet. So like pumpkin spice goes really well with like hot apple cider. Yeah. On in like a fifty degree day. Yeah, which you don't have in Florida, as at least not in August. But you really don't ever have it. You're yeah. not going to have that in Florida when we go in November. Maybe not. So like I feel like I've what's been the in difference? January and it was fifty degrees out. That was unpleasant. <laughs> that was unpleasant. It was unpleasant. I was like, I am here from a cold New England winter. I need some freaking sun. And what did I get? Windburn. So um, we can go over this quickly, but how do you feel about opening this week the NBA experience? So. Have you seen any of the... No, and it- I don't care. When they announced that this is what they're replacing Disney Quest with, which, for the record, I never even got to go to Disney Quest. It's not I don't even great. care. This is stupid. Disney Quest stupid. wasn't that great. Disney Quest at a minimum needed upgrades. To be what it really should have been, they have something like that with uh, Void. Yeah. Like, that's what it needs to be, or should have been, Sorry. Fine. I'm not even. I'm not even trying to like die on Disney Quest's hill. I just think that this is a stupid way to replace it. If it was NHL experience, would you be in? Ooh. See, like, but this Maybe. is it, right? Like, it. I, think I don't know, but like, like what? What would you fill that whole building with? Like, what did they even fill that whole building with? Like, that's a big building, isn't it? There's like a a dunk experience where you can like. So like, it's like, th- and what do I have to pay to go to this? Oh. That's a good question. But yes, it is a separate uh, amount. Um, yeah, like you have to pay to go in there, right? I think you had to pay to go into Disney Quest. Yeah, you did. Which you got a free pass if you booked a trip anyway. Like if you had a package, they gave you vouchers no one for to it. Go. Exactly. Well, they're going to have to do with this with do that with this also. Well, so I You want to put a freaking NFL experience in there and just have Tom Brady everywhere? Sure, sign me up. But see, that's the thing. I feel like you are allowing your dislike of the NBA to cloud your judgment of this. I mean, maybe. Hey, what is this dunk thing? Is there a trampoline? Because there's no way I'm dunking a f- basketball. And neither is no six-year-old that goes in there and wants to be like Mike. I'm going to make you go one time. That's fine. But, so, so, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to throw, like, a 100-yard pass like Tom Brady? How's a six-year-old going to do that? I feel like you could make the same complaints with any sport. No, the average child that goes in there is not going to be a professional athlete, but that is the goal of the experience, right, is to create that magic or feeling around that. Sure. So, okay. So, okay. so instead of having done this, I feel like that building is big enough that they could have done an area of each sport. You could have done a baseball area, a basketball area, a football, and a hockey. That's fair enough, but I'm sure they... they could have done a uh, sport arena. I don't know. Like this... Like I mean, I had, guess that's kind of what like, if ESPN is. If they had this is. wide world of sports, for example. <laughs> but do, you can't do any of those things at well, ESPN. Well, so I wish you can. could. That would be awesome. Well, then they should put that in there and get rid of this stupid NBA thing and like put in a Sephora or something. <laughs> 
think there is a Sephora. There probably is. I'm just kidding. I don't even need so that much I, makeup. So I agree that... Well, so if this is successful, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. Do what? Expand wide world of sports to have things like this. I think that Disney is trying to reach an audience that typically doesn't... Isn't interested in going to Disney World. Whether because it's out of their price range or because they didn't they they don't go and watch princess movies cuz they think Disney's for kids right they're trying to reach like a a teenage cool kid that plays basketball audience right like i feel like sure my i'm not arguing your point there but they could have just put all the sports in there and call like, it a day. Why just basketball? Why? Because the NBA was the only one that was like, here, have our money. Take our money, Disney. Uh, so that too. Uh, so I think the NBA wanted this. I'm sure they did. Um, yeah, because the NBA commissioner was Throw there. Throw Disney's name on anything and it's a cash cow. Well, why do you think the Orlando Magic are the Orlando Magic? I think you can like get a jersey or something. they yeah. do stuff with the, yeah yeah they're affiliated okay so Let's movie i know I, i'm not surprised you're not excited about this no, I think but i feel so like dumb. it's not for you no duh but, and but I, not for nothing i played basketball as a kid so you would think that i would be like somewhat interested but you don't in like it. basketball though i don't like watching basketball like yeah. if i could go in there and like shoe hoops or something i'd you be can. down for like yeah but like for how much money i'm not trying to like pay like 20 or 30 or 40 dollars to go like Shoe hoops. I could go do that. But down you'll the take street. a you'll take a picture with Rapunzel for 150 bucks a day. Okay. First of all, we don't have one day tickets. We have an annual pass, so I'm not sure what your point is. Um, my point is like the normal Disney experience is. It's not that that you're, but that's that's your point is invalid because what I can do for a day in Magic Kingdom vastly outweighs what you can do in this stupid thing. I would argue the price also vastly outweighs. I I would say the price yes, reflects that. But, they're just, they're different. They're different things. Okay, moving on. Last story. It's not Disney. What are we going to talk about? What's the probably one of the bigger stories in the last week that's not Disney but theme park related? Oh, the Universal thing. Yeah. So Universal announced their new um, theme park in Orlando with the lamest name of Epic Universe. So weird. Like, what were they thinking? Well, so. I don't think it's set in Epic stone. Universe. It sounds. I don't know. Does Hollywood Studios sound that impressive? I don't know. I mean, I'm still partial to MGM. Thank you. I am too. But so they haven't announced what's going in it. I think they're trying to are are going to use this as a way to steal media from Disney during D23, which I think is brilliant. Um, some of the things that are rumored to go in there are Nintendo Land, which I would be psyched for. See, like, I don't like rumors like that because where was that? Where did that come from? Where did that rumor come from? I saw it. I saw it like Nintendo Land on like... I think several several that, people... That art workup or whatever that yep. Universal released. I saw other people then go and like add to it what they thought was going to be in each area of that yep. park. But where did you get that idea? Like, where did that come from? So, there so I think it's nonsense. So one... Poppycock, I think, if you will. First of all, the Nintendo Land thing has been rumored for a while because there have been leaked, um, like, diorama is the wrong word, but models of what... And, like, do they have rights to yes. Nintendo? Oh, okay. Um, so they have the rights, and I think in the last year, several uh, models have been leaked. What's going to happen to, like, Simpsons, the Simpsons ride? Because doesn't Disney own that now? They do. I think it'll be similar to... Um, oh, you mean they'll have to take it out and put 
freaking Back to the Future back in. Stupid freaking Universal. Stupid. I think it'll be similar to what they do with Captain America and the premier Avengers that Universal still has the theme park rights to in Florida, where Simpsons will just stay there until it... Like, I'm sure they'll work it out where... Universal's allowed to, allowed to keep that ride but not build new ones, and Disney's not allowed to build a ride until Universal gets rid of that. So, what I think that will eventually, excuse me, eventually mean for Simpsons in particular is Universal will never get rid of it. In the same way, I don't think they will ever get rid of Hulk or the walk around Avengers characters in Superhero Island or whatever it is over in um, Islands of Adventure. So I think I think that is what will happen with those two things. I'm excited for so uh, How to Train Your Dragon has also been rumored. I'd be down for that. I love that movie. I just don't think you could create like right if you think of it in terms of like Islands of Adventure. I don't think you could do a whole island on no right and you could do like a ride exactly. So I don't know how that'll pan out. See, what, but like, what am I trying to say? Uh, because I feel like there are so many things that Universal could do that they haven't done yet. Like, the Minions is a easy one. Like, layup that they should put into theme parks. They do have them. They have a ride. What are you talking about? Do they? Yeah. Oh. I, yeah it's, I haven't been to Universal since they... It's not really a ride. Is it more of a show? Like, I think it's the floor rattles. Like, you... I forget. But, yeah. No, there is a Minion attraction. Okay. And um, then, like, when you walk out, there's, like, a Minion dance party. And you can. Uh, the other thing that I'm, I think a lot of people are also excited for is Universal holds the rights to a lot of classic monsters, like the Mummy and Dracula. Like they they tried to do a movie universe with it, which failed miserably. With um, they did a Jekyll and Hyde movie and uh, Tom Cruise's Mummy movie, and it's supposed to be like Universal's dark universe, and it was all these like classic monster movies like Wolfman and The Mummy and The Invisible Man. You didn't see any of this? No. But Universal holds the rights. Like the Creature from the Black Lagoon, I think, is another one that Universal just holds the rights to. And I think they want to do a land based on that, which I think would be awesome as a classic uh, B sci-fi film movie thing. But it doesn't seem like it would appeal to you based on your reaction. Yeah. Um. What do you think this means for Disney? Not only just the announcement and stealing media away in the short term, but long term. Nothing. You don't think so? I mean, they're always going to compete, but I don't think one of them is ever going to oust the other. I think Universal's getting a lot closer to Disney than Disney fans yeah, would well, like to I feel like I feel like they're always... I feel like they're... Cl- I mean... I feel like for a long time they weren't even close. Maybe. But I feel like, yeah, now they are close. I mean, I still think Disney is better, and that might just be the purest in me. And well, so I think depending on Disney freak that I am, but I think depending on which website you look at right now, Islands of Adventure beats out Magic Kingdom. We're not, we're not together anymore. I, you guys just heard us, break but it's up a dis- but it's a discussion, podcast. right? Like it's it's a legitimate debate that you can have now that you couldn't have ten years ago. I guess. Like ten years ago, you well, couldn't even think about it. So I love I love talking about like Universal with people that are not as savvy as we are as far as like you know what's going on in the parks and whatever and like i've like legitimately argued with people that tell me that like universal's better and this and that like well okay so, so 
I think that if you... It depends on what you're interested in, one. So, sure, if you're a huge Harry Potter freak, yeah, you're going to like Universal better if you don't like all the cutesy Disney movies. Fine. Whatever. But by all means, go spend more money. Stay out of my parks. Yes. So, I think Universal... So, talk about pricing, though. If Disney keeps raising prices and Universal doesn't... Yeah, that's true. And if Universal opens another two parks, at least one more, Volcano Bay, by all accounts, I've not been, but is better than both Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach. I have no authority on water parks. Fair so enough. I, won't I don't. I could care less. But that. people, people stupidly argue. I think that Volcano Bay is almost a theme park. I think that's wrong. They're they're water parks, and that's not a theme park. They're just they're not. They're water parks. So it's like water country and Canopy Lake Park being the same thing. Yes. Which maybe to people who are listening don't know what those are, but they're just local places here that. So even all that aside, then right, Universal will have three. Disney will have four. Right, like. Yeah, then they're definitely a lot closer to Disney at that point. And if the rot, so. But it also depends on what they do with it. Like just looking at that one like piece of art. No, they haven't announced they, anything. No, they're, like, they're intentionally, okay. and I think I think a lot of people are speculating. It's still it's they haven't broken ground, right? So they're not going to release any other information about this for like another year. I wouldn't be surprised if they announce what themed lands will be there during D twenty three. Oh, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you that they might announce something during D twenty three. They also might not like they might not. Be relevant. Or just let Disney, you know, fa- Disney. flail miserably at D23 this year. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like, Disney's perfectly capable of screwing it up on their own. So, we've rambled enough at this point. Uh, you're listening to this. I'm probably sitting, hopefully, on the Frozen ride, uh, which I have not been on since it transferred from Maelstrom. And Sam is rolling her eyes at me. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> One hundred percent. I've only done that ride once just because oh somebody else I was with wanted to do it and I obliged her, but let it go. Exactly. Let, let it, it go. go. Thank God Don't we're like over the frozen hype at this point. Anymore. Oh, but then the second one's coming out. So I'm so psyched. All right. This has been episode nine of Adulting in Disney with Sam and Steve. If you liked what you heard, please drop us a review on iTunes. It's the best way that you can help the show. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Adulting in Diz and on the Facebook Adulting in Disney page. Or you can email us directly, adultinginDisneyPodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, be sure to send them our way and we'll answer them right on the show for you. We hope you join us next time. See you real soon. Mm-hmm.